0: In today's scripture passage, we will read about Gideon and how he is approached by a stranger. This stranger we read turns out to be an angel, but Gideon doesn't recognize it at first. And Gideon takes the opportunity to ask a question, a question that ultimately goes to God and a question that Gideon finally receives a response to. So imagine for a moment you are greeted by a stranger and have the opportunity to ask a question, a question that ultimately goes to God and from which you'll get a response from God. What question would you ask? What question would you have from God that you would want relayed through a messenger? That's not just rhetorical. You can actually write down a question on the blue doodle pad that is in the pew rack in front of you, and if you feel comfortable, Passing it in. You can actually drop it in the pew, in the offering plate as that is passed around. You don't need to put your name on it, just a question that you might have for God. And then I'll look forward to having the opportunity to look over the questions you have as I prayerfully consider scripture passages to explore with you as we look to God's Word for how God might speak to questions we are wrestling with as a community.
1: Pray with me for a moment. God of the prophets, by the power of the Holy Spirit, speak your word to us and seal it within us that we may heed your call. Amen. Our reading this morning is from the book of Judges, chapter 6, verses 1 through 18. For those of you who wish to silently critique my pronunciation or read along, (laughs) uh, it's on page 194 of your pew Bible. Let's read together. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in the mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel— Neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you up out of Egypt. Out of the land of slavery, I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians, and I delivered you to the hand of all your, from the hands of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, "I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live." But you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abezerite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, "'The Lord is with you, mighty warrior.' "'Pardon me, Lord,' Gideon replied, "'but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? "'Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about "'when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? "'But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, "'Go in the strength you have "'and save Israel out of Midian's hand. "'Am I not sending you?' "'Pardon me, Lord,' Gideon replied, "'but how can I save Israel? "'My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, "'and I am the least in my family.' "'The Lord answered, "'I will be with you, "'and you will strike down all the Midianites, "'leaving none alive.' "'Gideon replied,' If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. So, in my decades of Christian ministry, one question I've heard people voice time and again is essentially the question Gideon asks first in today's text. If the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? If the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? As some of you know, I was serving a Connecticut church back on September 11th, 2001. Once the planes hit the two towers, all of us on staff and many in the congregation were calling up people because we knew a number of our congregation members who worked not only in the city, but some who worked in one of the two towers. Our congregation did not lose somebody directly, but everybody knew some family that had lost a loved one. One of our members lost his entire office staff when the planes crashed in to the two towers, and the first Sunday after September 11th, when we were thinking of how best to respond as the pastor for youth and children at the time, I went to each of the Sunday school classrooms as well as to the youth Sunday school classrooms and talked to people and shared what words of encouragement I could from God's Word and asked if there were specific questions. You can guess what the single question was that came up time and again. If the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? Two years earlier, 1999, there were the Columbine shootings, something that in particular struck my family and that my brother Christopher Caldwell was the emergency room doctor who was the first doctor on the scene after the shootings in Columbine High School. And after that, he ended up calling me later in that week. We had the chance to talk and debrief, and he said, Matt, I walked into the library of Columbine High School, and I thought it was just like our high school library except for this tragedy that had occurred, and I guarantee you the family members of those who lost loved ones in the Columbine shootings were asking this question, if the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? Surely people in the Bahamas As they mourn the loss of more than 40 people after Hurricane Dorian are asking that kind of question as they pick up the pieces put together, broken parts of their lives, their houses, their roads, if the Lord is with us, people of faith are asking there, why then has this happened to us? So many events can prompt that question, tragedies, but also everyday occurrences, we lose a job, or we find our job soul-crushing. A relationship we're in falls apart. A marriage we're in falls apart. Things erupt, explode, turn disastrous, either at our place of work, in our family, in our church. We lose someone dear to us, and we ask this question Gideon asked, if the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? It's a fair question for people of faith to ask, isn't it? For we believe God is with us. That's what Gideon and the people of ancient Israel and his tribe of Manasseh believed as we do today. God is with us. And when that is the case, you tend to expect blessing or good things. Gideon and the people of ancient Israel were descendants of Abraham and Sarah. And you remember how God said to Abraham and Sarah, I will bless you. I will bless you and through you I will bring blessing to all people of the earth. And so when bad things come, people of faith from back in Gideon's time are prone to ask the question, where's that blessing we heard about when what I hold right now seems to be a cup of sorrow? The cup of sorrow that Gideon and his family and the broader people that surrounded him were holding was Midianite We read early in Scriptures of how the people of ancient Israel, the Hebrew people, had suffered under bondage in Egypt. We then read later on of how they wandered through the desert and cried out to God for bread and water, and God provided. Earlier in the book of Judges, we read how Canaanites oppressed the people of ancient Israel with their military prowess and now it's the Midianites. And we hear details of exactly what the Midianite oppression looked like. We read of how people, when they would farm in this area, would have these raiders take and destroy what they possessed. Livestock, grain, they would ravage the land and destroy whoever got in their way. And then just as the occupants of this land, these ancient Hebrew people would try to be, to eke out an existence again, to have seed start to grow, then the raiders would come again. Jill, Lucy, and I had the opportunity to visit the island of Iona, and one particular moment in history from that island that struck me was when the Iona community was impacted by raids, repeated raids, and how it impacted them. For 200 years, you may know, on the isle of Iona, monastic Christian community had lived in peace, and then in 793, Vikings ended up landing on, their, on this island, and they stole food, they stole food reserves, they would take things from the sacred places, and then after several years, they would come back, just as these ancient Christians would be rebuilding their lives and starting to have enough food again. These Viking raiders would come again and again, and finally, they ended up massacring 68 residents of the Isle of Iona, and I thought about the impact of that being the victims of repeated raids, and that's the kind of picture we get in Gideon's time when the Midianites would come again and again to steal and destroy. Gideon himself is threshing wheat by hand as the angel approaches him, and that's a sign of the dire circumstances. In Gideon's day, ordinarily, threshing of grain would be done with oxen. But in Gideon's time, oxen were getting stolen or taken or destroyed, and so people were doing the threshing in their yards or in their houses or in caves like Gideon is doing here using the hollowed-out bowl of a wine press, and it is laborious back-breaking work to thresh grain by hand. And so it might have been an exasperation that Gideon responds to the stranger that comes up to him and says, after the stranger had said, the Lord be with you, mighty warrior. It might have been in frustration. Gideon says, if the Lord is with us, why then is this happening to us? Why? Why am I forced to thresh grain by hand? Why? Now, one answer to Gideon's question, we've already run into in this text. In the very first verse of the passage that Jim read, we read this, the Israelites did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hand of Midian seven years. At least one answer to Gideon's question is simply to say that people do what is evil. People did what is evil then, people do what is evil today. The people of ancient Israel did what was evil. The Midianites did what was evil in oppressing them and ravaging them. Evil is done in the world, and it has consequences. When the children and youth at that Connecticut church raised the question with me, at least one of the responses I gave to them can be summed up in this way. There is evil in the world. People make decisions that harm others. People choose to commandeer airplanes and fly them into twin towers. People choose to make war with others. And when violence is done, people often respond with violence. People choose to oppress and enslave and dehumanize others. We aren't told precisely what the evil is that the ancient Israelites did. But perhaps it's that they themselves perpetrated violence. And that this violence by the Midianites could be that cycle of vengeance we see so often in the Scriptures, where an eye for an eye leaves both sides blind. We don't know for sure, but what we do know, what the Scripture makes clear is that there is sin and evil in the world, and it has consequences. We're even becoming increasingly aware today of how human choices have impacted climate change, contributing to severe weather phenomena like hurricanes and wildfires. So even those so-called natural disasters bear the mark of human decisions, or the mark, if we can use a theological term on it, the mark of sin, the mark of sin. There is sin and evil in the world. That's one response from verse 1 to Gideon's question. But that answer is not enough, not for people of faith, and Gideon knows it. For he immediately follows up his first question, which is, if the Lord is with us, why then is, has this happened to us? He follows that up with a second question, and it's this, and where are all God's wonderful deeds that our ancestors recounted to us, saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? See Gideon is asking the same question you might ask, sure. There's evil in the world, but into that world, we believe, as people of faith, God has acted. God heard the cries of God's people in Egypt, and God delivered them from slavery. God heard the people's cries for food and water in the desert, and God fed them. God raised up, we read in the book of Judges, delivers just before Gideon's time. People like Othniel and Ehud and then Deborah, God can and does deliver people. We've seen it in history. And then as Christians today, we would say in the fullness of time, God brought deliverance in a new way. God sent Jesus Christ into this world of sin that this world and we in it might be transformed. God sent Jesus Christ that we would know deliverance in a new way. And he brought peace to what was broken he brought healing to those who suffered illness and injury, and then He took all the sin and evil humanity could mete out on Himself to show by His death and resurrection a better way, a path of love in the cross, of nonviolent self-offering, and opened up for us the way of eternal life, we who trust in Him and follow in the path that He has offered to us. Jesus Christ is God's deliverance for us, brought near. And so, we would say God has, God can deliver. And then in the fullness of time, when we look to the future, we believe as Christians God will bring ultimate deliverance in that day when there is a new creation and every tear will be wiped away. That's the future we're promised. And yet, in the moment, in the here and now, like Gideon threshing grain by hand, we ask, where is that deliverance now? Why has this happened to us now, this moment? Where is that deliverance I crave? I've heard about it in the past, but I yearn for it now. So, sin and evil are in the world, yes, but God can deliver we believe and so Gideon asked that follow-up question that our that is ours as well of this angel where is that deliverance for me for us because we we need it. Why hasn't God delivered us from the ravages we face today? Why didn't God deliver us from that crisis of 9-11 or from school shootings? Why hasn't God delivered us from the ravages of climate change? God has delivered us from evil in the past. Why not now? And to that question, to that question, Here is God's response. And if you notice in the text, the person speaking shifts from an angel to the Lord. And here is what the Lord says to Gideon when he asks these questions. Go. Go and deliver God's people. Go and deliver God's people. I commission you. That's not the answer we're looking for, is it? That is not the answer I would want if I were Gideon. I would want God to say right then, okay, Gideon, I hear your prayer. I hear it. And you know what? I'm going to answer it. I am going to deliver you from domination of the Midianites, from having to thresh grain by hand from all this devastation. I am going to send a deliverer, someone else, to free you from this situation. You can just watch. You can sit back. You can watch it on TV or read about it in the newspaper. You know? God will send someone else. But God doesn't say that to Gideon. God doesn't say, okay, I'll send someone else to deliver your people from evil. God says, I commission you. Mahatma Gandhi once said, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. And I wonder sometimes if he was reading Judges 6 before he said those words, I commission you That was clearly not the response Gideon was anticipating, for he replies, me, who am I? I'm not a politician or a billionaire or a world leader able to make those big decisions that impact the world. I'm not a prophet, a king, or a judge. My family, we are the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Go ask someone else. Ask someone older. Send someone else. Gideon's response is the classic retort. It's similar to what Moses said when God called him. Who am I? I'm nobody. And wouldn't that be your response? Bring about economic and political liberation, which is what God was calling Gideon to do. Who who am I to do that? Address terrorism or gun violence. Who am I? Bring about renewal in the church of Jesus Christ. Who am I? Address climate change. Who am I? Communicate to the world the deliverance God has offered in Jesus Christ. Who am I to do that? Deliver the orphan, the immigrant, and the widow from oppression. Who am I? Send somebody else. But God doesn't send someone else. God says to Gideon, I'm commissioning you. You go and deliver Israel. You asked, Gideon, the Lord says, if the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? Here is my answer, I am with you. I have always been with you. I will be with you. And now, to bring about my deliverance, I'm sending you as a vessel for my will to be done in the world and having me with you, Gideon, you can do anything. You can overcome the domination of the Midianites. We read violent language in this text, but we know as believers, ultimately, when we see God's expression of change, of overcoming domination in Jesus Christ, it is love, ultimately, and forgiveness. and transformation. Gideon wanted change in the world. He just didn't want to have to be that change, you know? Send someone else. Gideon says, don't you say that too? I do. Send someone else. And God says, I commission you. Still, as we read on, eventually Gideon comes around to say what the faithful have said to God through the centuries. He says the equivalent of this, hineni. It means, here I am Lord. Hineni is what Moses said when God spoke to him from a burning bush and called him to deliver this people who were in bondage in Egypt. Hineni is what Samuel says when God calls him in the temple. Hineni is what Isaiah says when God appears before him. Hineni. While we don't read of Gideon saying that word precisely, his ultimately response to God's call proclaims it. Hineni. Hear I am Lord, Hineni, here I am." And friends, I am bowled over time and again by how you all in so many ways have said to God, Hineni, when you have cried out for something that is wrong in the world or wrong in the church, some need that you have seen that needs to be addressed, how you have said to God, Hineni, here I am. People in this church have said hineni to addressing the plight of orphans or underserved children in India, Mexico, or here in the U.S. They've said, here I am, when God speaks to their heart about addressing the challenges immigrants like Irma face. Irma, as you know, is a woman from Honduras seeking asylum in the U.S. and who the church is accompanying. And we're able to do that because people in this congregation have said, hineni, here I am. Some of you are tackling housing justice issues, other ecological issues. Some of you long for a church that is more fervently and faithfully welcoming to people outside these doors, inviting them into a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. You long to see others outside our doors, know the riches of intergenerational community, and you've stepped in to leadership, serving on our outreach committee, and you have done wonderful work. You've changed our church by saying, here I am. Some of you have longed to see the riches of faith passed on to future generations where so many don't know those particular riches and so you have offered to teach in Sunday school or you've mentored a young person or you've taught a Bible study or led a small group. You've said, hineni, to sharing the love of Christ. Praise God. You know, when the nominating committee asked Colby Stenzel, to be our youth elder as a high school junior, to serve on session and to serve on the stewardship committee. I figured, all right, he's just going to say, send someone else. You know, he's, he would hear, like, be a part of the governance of the church, wrestle with hard issues like budget and how you... To address mission and how you run stewardship campaigns and being engaged on these key big decisions that the church has to make and wrestle with, I figured he would look at that and say, send someone else. But he didn't. He said what so many of you have said time and again, hineni, here I am, Lord, not somebody older, but me, here I am. So friends, it is still a great question. If the Lord is with us, why then has this happened to us? And here is the response we get from Scripture. God says, I am with you. The Lord is with you. I am still at work in the world delivering as I have in the past. In fact, God says, I have a great new person in mind who will be a vessel, an instrument of my deliverance in the world right now. And guess who that person is? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. Mm -hmm.